Paxton Quigley is rolling out the green carpet, talking to the creme de la creme of innovators and influencers who are shaping the world of cannabis and culture. Welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Hello to all of you cannabis aficionados and welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Folks, we're living in perilous times with the COVID-19 virus. And we often forget about the people on the front lines who are caring for the, the hospitalized, the institutionalized, and the sick. And those people are the nurses, the doctors, the paramedics, and other frontline medical workers. And according to the Centers for Disease Control, as of July 2020, some 600 healthcare providers in the United States have died, and they've died as a result of the coronavirus. And as many as 116,000 have fallen ill. And a lot of it has to do with the dire shortage of medical equipment for medical workers, as well as for patients. So it's been rather devastating, to say the least. Today we have on two nurses, who happen to specialize in medical cannabis. And they're trying to educate their colleagues on how to integrate medicinal cannabis into the medical profession. And they do that in part by holding an annual educational seminar, which they will tell us about. Our first guest, or I should say, the first person I'd like to introduce is nurse Heather Manis who comes to us from New Mexico. And I think, are you from New Mexico or San Diego right now? I'm living in San Diego, but always keep those New Mexico roots. Okay, that's good. Okay, so right now you're in San Diego and she is the founder and CEO of the Cannabis Nurses Network. And along with us is Sandra Gines, is that how you pronounced your last name? Yes, perfect. Good, okay. And she holds a Master's of Science in Nursing. And Ms. Gines is the founder of the Nurses of Color. And obviously we'll hear more about that. And I want to welcome both of you to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Thank you for being here today. Heather, I'd like to ask you first. Please tell our listeners about this year's Cannabis Nurses Networks Conference. Uh, it was held virtually, of course, or it will be held, heard uh, virtually. What was the theme, and more specifically, what were the topics discussed at the two-day conference? Well, thank you for that question, Paxton. This is so, such an amazing time to be educating nurses. Um, as you alluded to, nurses are having a rough time through the COVID situation. And we're finding that nurses are actually seeking some other way to practice medicine. And so lots of nurses are now coming to cannabis and trying to find their way uh, into the industry. And so, as you said, also, this is our fifth annual Cannabis Nurses Network Conference that occurred in 2020. And our our theme was really important, and it's a theme we've been running for over a year, but the program is called A Revolution in Healthcare, and we couldn't have chosen a better theme for wow. the first conference. <laughs> 
Um, to answer your question about some of the topics that we discussed, it, it spanned across the board. And so this was a very, this conference, because it was our fifth conference, and it's also our first ever virtual conference, we didn't want to touch on the basics. So this is an advanced learning um, continued educational program for nurses. And we covered topics like cancer. We have an oncology nurse navigator that spoke to us about a cannabis compass for the cancer journey was just amazing. Um, we received updates on the first and only research study on cannabis nurses, looking at the information practices of cannabis nurses. And we learned from that researcher. Um, we also have had Dr. Ethan Russo come and speak to us about the cannabis revolution and looking at future prospects. Um, we discussed pharmaceutical considerations uh, and, and the real revolution in healthcare, which is supporting patient empowerment. And, and so we dive deep into how can we support patient empowerment. Um, we also talked about technology uh, and how it can be used to advance cannabis nursing practice. And we were blessed to be uh, to be able to learn from the, doc, the Knox docs. We had Rachel and Jessica Knox come and speak to us, and they're fantastic. Uh, we covered political nature of healthcare and research and how we can, as nurses, become more effective advocates. We looked at hemp and CBD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a really big topic specifically this year, and how cannabis can be used to support post-traumatic growth. Uh, interestingly enough, we also received lessons from plant messengers. We had a New Mexico curandera and a Peruvian shaman who joined us and talked about the importance of plant medicine. And related to the business front of cannabis, we we looked at how we can effectively nurture nursing partnerships. And that was the, the session where Sandra uh, and, her, and her partner, Ivory, who co-founded the Cannabis Nurses of Color group, where they were able to speak about their work and what they're doing. So it was a phenomenal conference. Now, how are you getting all of these nurses to join you? How are they finding out and, and approximately how many people are, are now involved in, in your network? We have several hundred nurses that are involved. Uh, we are reaching out. We have Facebook pages, all the good social media. But a lot of it, Paxton, is really word of mouth. Nurses that are being impacted positively by this network are bringing in their colleagues and their friends to join. And it's just really a loving family of cannabis nurses where we empower nurses through education, opportunity, recognition, and advocacy. Now, when did you get started in realizing how important cannabis can be for the, for the health of people? When did this come about? Well, that's a loaded question for me. At this point, I've been a cannabis nurse for 11 years. Really? I have been. I'm, and I've been told that people think that I'm the, the longest running cannabis industry, real cannabis nurse that's worked with the plants, the patients, the medicine. I've done every job in the industry, uh, glamorous and not so glamorous. So 
I've known for a very long time because I've had a relationship with this plant since I was 15 or 16 years old. But when I started to learn about the medical aspects, that was during my work as a home health psychiatric nurse in New Mexico, and I was learning from my patients. And that was in about 2009. Interesting, interesting. Now, Sandra, I wanted to ask you, um, why aren't more of the health workers, whether they're doctors or whomever, uh, really don't know anything about the endocannabinoid system? Well, one of the things is it's not in any of our textbooks. So you're not, you go to college, you go to school, you get all this education and, and, you know, we call it the, you know, this is textbook. You hear that all the time when you're in the hospital or in any settings, you know, it's like, this is what a patient appears like. It's textbook, right? And we use our skills that we learn from school. And that's, that's what we're going on, this guidance, this standard. And so as a, as a nurse, you know, we use the word standards often. We are, you know, guided by nursing standards and evidence-based practice. But when there isn't something in these textbooks and something that you have, you know, that's been endorsed in schools and universities where we are getting our training, it feels foreign to us. And then there's so, it's so politicized um, and there's so much um, conflict, you're not really sure. I mean, when I became a cannabis nurse, I did, it was like stepping off a cliff, you know? You're like, I'm gonna dive into this. And there was no one to, to kind of throw me a raft and say, hey, you know? Um, it was, you're just out there on your own. And in the hospital setting, I've been told, you know, don't come, you know, don't come in talking to us about cannabis. You know, don't come in talking to us about your cannabis. And when I bring in the evidence-based research and the information, they will, it gives them those ahas, but there's not reassurance from a legal perspective that you're going to be covered by, you know, federal law, that your job is going to be covered. Um, physicians are afraid of not being reimbursed um, for endorsing cannabis or, um, it, it's just so much stigma behind it. So at this point, we're pretty much, you know, the cannabis industry, although it seems so large, we're just starting. It's just starting in the mainstream, you know, to, to especially getting into the, into the hospital settings. I understand that. Unfortunately, we have to take a short break and we'll be back momentarily. We're just talking with Nurse Heather and Nurse Sandra of the Cannabis Nurses Network. Stay tuned. More High Society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, 
creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 gardens garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Paxton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on CannabisRadio.com. Folks, welcome back to High Society with Paxton Quigley, uh, where we're speaking to Nurse Sandra of the Cannabis Nurses Network as well as Heather. Why did you, Sandra, start the other organization that you're involved in? With, um, the with- Cannabis Nurses of Color was started as, a, it was very organic. I went to a conference. There were lots of um, nurses, Black, Brown, Indigenous, others, and we realized that there was such a lack of information that address the racism, the stigma, um, the the issues behind why, you know, cannabis has been so polarized. Um, and there wasn't really a, a space for us within this cannabis industry. Um, as much as people are making a lot of uh, legway in this, um, or in this industry, people of who people who are black and brown are still struggling. It's like a, there's lots of walls. There's lots of systemic racism still within the cannabis industry. So part of this was to create a safe haven for nurses to come in and learn. And not only that, but work through some of their own stigmas, because as black and brown community, we have been you know, demonized for this plant. And so coming into this industry, it requires you breaking down a lot of that own personal stigma that you have, you know. Now, There are a lot of uh, other medical organizations. Are you trying to make any inroads into those, shall we say, established organizations and trying to uh, speak, uh, uh, you know, conferences so that you, you know, their their eyes will be opened up? Is that possible? Yeah, it's really interesting that um, certain facilities are a little bit more open sometimes to learning about the endocannabinoid system. There are, you know, the oncology nurses really understand because of cancer and cannabis that those patients are using that medicine. Um, Since the FDA approved Epidiolex and, and some other, you know, cannabis based medicines, they're starting to understand how to use those 
prescribed medications more widely. So it's starting to open up Paxton, but there is this stigma about it still, just like Sandra said, because it's not in our textbooks, because it's not taught in nursing school, because the endocannabinoid system is not widely understood or known through the medical community, that's the work that we're trying to do with all of this education. But we got a boost. We got some help because in 2018, the National Council State Boards of Nursing, which is the head of all the state boards, um, they're the ones that actually produce the test that allows nurses to get their license. It's called the NCLEX. And they put together guidelines regarding cannabis and the research and the education. It was a big call to let um, students be able to be learning this information because they want to add it to the NCLEX. But in order to put those questions on for licensing, they must be taught in school. The other part is that they're calling for education for nurses that are currently practicing, as well as for advanced practicing nurses who now have, in many states, the ability to write recommendations for patients. Now, that's very interesting. Now, do you at the same time, uh, do you have a practice in terms that you're dealing with, uh, with patients right now, and I'll, I'll address that first with Sandra, and then obviously um, with with Heather. Uh, Sandra, do you, do you take care of patients too who are having problems and actually prescribing cannabis? Can you give us some examples and maybe some success stories? Yes, so I do um, see patients virtually. I do consultations. My goal pre-COVID was to do more group settings because I feel like this is something that is better encouraged when you have other individuals kind of supporting and lifting you up in this learning process. Um, most of what I do is education. And because I'm in the state of San Diego and I am not an advanced practice nurse, I can't write recommendations, um, but I can refer people to resources and give them the guidance that they need so that they can find the right medication for them. Um, I work with mostly, I feel like most of the mothers find me, <laughs> um, mothers who are depressed or stressed or anxious or having postpartum depression. Um, I live in, uh, in the community I'm in that just became the network and that's kind of who has fallen into my circle. And then a lot of veterans because my husband um, has used cannabis to help him overcome his generalized anxiety and several issues once he retired from the military that unfortunately the prescription medication was not helping with. Um, the success stories, I always tell people it's it's always a journey because you, you know, cannabis is something that you have to try it and kind of, you know, it's like a try it and kind of find your own path and route with it because everyone responds differently to different strains and uh, and methods. So <clears throat> one of the biggest things about cannabis that I think people want is the, you know, what is the magic pill, but it's not, it's really a journey. Cannabis is a journey. You kind of have to explore it. Um, and I feel that that's what I give people the tools and the courage to step out and explore. That's interesting. I want to tell you just personally what happened to me. Um, I'd had a hard time sleeping, and I actually went to a doctor who uh, is a, a cannabis doctor, and he had recommended that I uh, take uh, CBD before I go to sleep. Well, I tried one product, 
didn't work. And I complained. <laughs> and then I tried another product and it didn't work. Uh, are you dealing with products too and, and helping people in that sense? I finally did find something that works and, and, and I'm grateful for that. So I'm getting a, a good night's sleep. But are, is, are you prescri not prescribing, but working with them in terms of, you know, try this, try this, try this? I do give them suggestions on what to try and kind of which routes to go and what we find is most beneficial, especially with things like um, methods, because we know that, you know, inhalation is going to probably give you the quickest results as opposed to, you know, an edible or, you know, a, a capsule or a tincture. So just giving them the flexibility of knowing like this is going to work to get you to sleep and this is going to work to keep you asleep versus, um, you know, just kind of go find your own products and run with it. Um, so we, I personally, what I do in my practice is I provide guidance and I follow up, you know, how is it going? You know, I send text messages out um, via a private portal that kind of updates me on how it's going with them. And then they can, you know, we can tweak and go from there. But products are an interesting area because, you know, you really have to know what you're recommending. You know, how is it grown? Is it, does it, do we have lab tests for it? Um, I'm a stickler for clean, good medicine. So I don't want my patients to go to the gas station and buy their CBD or. <laughs> right. I think it's the worst <laughs> we, place. We find this all the time though. So it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. I, I, I understand that. I certainly understand that. Heather, can you add to that, please? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So I was going to say that um, cannabis is super interesting that it can have what's called a paradoxical effect with some people. And so I've been... Do you want to explain paradoxical doxical effect, please? Yeah. So the paradoxical effect uh, really is that, you know, as nurses, we can give, for instance, one patient a Benadryl and they're going to fall asleep, we can give another patient a Benadryl and they're going to climb the walls. So cannabis is kind of the same. And when we're looking at CBD specifically for sleep, like the instance that you were giving, some people actually cannot sleep using CBD. It keeps them awake. Really? So it does. It's great for daytime use because it doesn't give you that psychoactivity but actually it's better to use THC at night. It will help you sleep better and then use your CBD throughout the day where you don't have the, um, you know, the, the euphoric effects that come with THC. Well, I do understand it, but I first didn't want to say that what I was taking had a little bit of THC in it. Uh, it was actually in a tablet uh, and I could either do indica or, or sativa. And uh, I decided that I liked uh, sativa better. So I've, you know, I got, I got slightly in, involved in that in terms of it being, uh, uh, shall we say, much better. Now, how many uh, males do you have involved uh, in, in the organization, the nurses organization, your network? Because most people think of nurses as females. What about the male population? Yeah, male nurses have it made, don't they? They get to hang out with <laughs> great women. <laughs> no, we have a we have wonderful men that are part of our organization. Um, male nurses are just you know just as excited about the cannabis aspects as the females, and we need both. I mean, 
nurses come in all genders. So we, we definitely are open in that way with our nursing network as well. We obviously see a higher prevalence of women because that's just the nature of the, the profession. But uh, we really appreciate and love the men that are part of our network. Oh, that sounds really good. I'm I'm happy because I thought, well, maybe it would be just all females who were doing this, but I'm happy to hear that there's a, a, a male component to the whole thing. Folks, we're going to have to take a break again. It's a short break. We'll be back momentarily. We're talking to Nurse Heather and Nurse Sandra of the Cannabis Nurses Network. More High Society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback. Cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Empire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Empire. Paxton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on CannabisRadio.com. How does the lack of FDA recognition affect you as nurses? Well, it, it impacts because the board of nursing, when you call and talk to the board of nursing and say, what is your stance on cannabis? The answer that they give is it's federally illegal. And the reason it is so is because of the schedule one status. Now, anyone who understands schedule one, that means that it has no medicinal value and high risk for uh, addiction. And we all know, anyone who understands the use of cannabis knows that that is absolutely absurd and that cannabis does not belong on schedule one. There's a lot of litigation and different things that have happened over time to try and address that. But I think it's important to look at why 
was it put on schedule one to begin with? And I'm going to throw this over to Sandra so she can talk about it because truly it's illegal and on schedule one because it was a, a form of control of certain demographics and populations and races. Good. Sandra, please continue. Sure. So, you know, I mean, we can look, we can look at the research. We can look at the history of cannabis. It's been demonized. It's, uh, it was about race, whether it was about, you know, African-American, the black community, Hispanic, Mexican specifically, um, hippies. I mean, it's just, there's always been someone to peg, you know, this cannabis stigma on. Um, And really racial racial discrimination is what has caused 90% of why this is on the schedule one. And then the other 10% is money, but I really always say it's like 90% money too, right? Because money is what this is all about at the end of the day. Um, and not having that um, FDA approval for nurses as, you know, to, to circle back is, you know, it's very challenging, especially for nurses who are patients. And that's one of the areas where I really like to advocate because as a nurse, um, I am a patient and being a patient is very, uh, it's a big conflict because I can be tested at my employer and report it to my state board and lose my license Um for something that there are guidelines for that suggest that, you know, that endorse and that have the evidence behind it that says cannabis is medicine and we need to treat patients accordingly. Um, And these are the guidelines, but they do not apply to nurses. And so um, as a as a black nurse, I feel like it's really important for me to advocate in this area um, because we are not only stigmatized and and part of this racial, you know, tension with cannabis. Um, But also we're losing our licenses at an increasingly alarming rate because there are no laws to protect us as nurse patients. Um, And there also are no laws to really protect providers in general because of this federal um, criminalization, you know. So you're out there alone. Now, the, that, that I can see right now. But I wonder, um, are, have you made any inroads or are you just getting a, a, a backlash from, from the so-called traditional nurses associations in, in you know, the various states and the national level? How are they dealing with you? Or do they just ignore you? No, they're trying to catch up, sister. They're trying to catch up. So. Ah. We do with the network is we don't try to wait for them. We know this stuff and we're trying to educate them. We are supporting our nurses in their professional development. We're supporting them in their business and entrepreneurial endeavors. And really what we're seeing, you know, the American Nurses Association has had a statement on cannabis as medicine for years. Um, they've always kind of called for it, but they, you know, they're not going to pick up the mantle and, and run. Um, but what they are doing now is trying to keep up. I mean, that's what I believe the National Council State Boards of Nursing realized they needed to put out guidelines because we have an entire emerging specialty called cannabis nurses that are making waves. We're getting things done. We're working hard and we're educating massively. And they had to catch up with us. So we are that revolution in healthcare. We are those trailblazers. And I couldn't be more proud of our network of cannabis nurses and all that they're doing in their own individual communities. 
Well, I just love what you're doing. I love your vigor. Uh, I love how you've taken a stand. And I would like to have you back again, let's say, in a couple of months, especially if you've got a real big win in terms of, of getting changes being made. And uh, please tell people how they can uh, reach you online. So either if they're nurses, they can get involved, or maybe other people who know nurses. So please give us your, your, your website. Absolutely. You can learn more about us at CannabisNursesNetwork.com. And the entire Revolution in Healthcare continued education program is also available digitally on demand. Terrific. So again, I want to thank both of you, part of the Cannabis Nurses Network, for taking the time to be with us on High Society with Paxton Quigley. And I'm wishing you all the good luck. And I'd like you to uh, keep on doing it because I think uh, women have to be out there and, and be trailblazers. And you're, you, the two of you are doing it, as well as all the other people who are members of the network. So again, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And we'll talk again. And folks, before we go, I'd, I'd like to briefly mention my novel, which came out a couple of months ago. And it's about three women who consume, shall we say, cannabis. The book is called Just Try Me. And it's been called Attractive to People Who Appreciate Spicy Intrigue. And here's a quote. If the action doesn't grab you, the sex will. And this was a, re a reviewer who said this, and he called it a page turner. So Just Try Me is available on paperback and Kindle at Amazon.com. And to all of our listeners out there, out there please stay in touch with us on, on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn by going to High Society with Paxton Quigley. And please, in these times, stay healthy, stay home if you have to, and stay in touch. And good luck. I'm Paxton Quigley. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.